Chapter 7 of Rufus and Rose, or The Fortunes of Rough and Ready. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Rufus and Rose, or The Fortunes of the Rough and Ready, by Horatio Alger, Jr. Chapter 7. A New Enterprise. Rufus felt some doubts as to whether he had done wisely in agreeing to board at Mrs. Clayton's. His own board, together with what he paid for his sister's board and clothes, would just take up the whole of his salary. However, he would have the interest on his $500, now deposited in a savings bank, and yielding 6% interest annually. Still, this would amount to only $30, and this would not be sufficient to pay for his clothes alone, not to mention miscellaneous expenses, such as car fares and other incidental expenses. He felt that he should like now and then to go on an excursion with his sister and Miss Manning, or perhaps to a place of amusement. For all this, one hundred dollars a year would be needed at a moderate calculation. How should he make up this amount? Two ways suggested themselves to Rufus. One was, draw upon his principal. Probably he would be not obliged to do this very long as, at the end of six months, it was probable that his salary would be raised if he gave satisfaction, and this he meant to do. Still, Rufus didn't like this plan, for $500 seemed like a good round sum, and he wanted to keep it all. The other way was to make up the necessary sum by extra work outside of the office. This idea he liked best. But it suggested another question, which was not altogether easy to answer. What should he do? Or what kind of work should he choose? He might go back to his old employment, as he was not required to be at the office before nine o'clock. Why should he not spend an hour or two in the early morning selling newspapers? He felt confident that he could in this way clear two dollars a week. There were two objections which occurred to him. The first was that as Mrs. Clayton's breakfast was at half past seven in the winter, and not earlier than seven in the summer, he would be obliged to give it up and take breakfast at some restaurant downtown. His breakfast, probably, would come to very nearly the sum he would make by selling papers, and as Mrs. Clayton took him under her usual price, it was hardly to be expected that she would make any allowances for his absence from the morning meal. Besides, Rufus left his old life behind him, and he did not want to go back to it. He doubted, also, whether his employer would like to have him spend his time before office hours in selling papers. Then again, he was about to board a house of a very good rank, and he felt that he did not wish to pass among his new acquaintances as a newsboy, if he could get something better to do. Of course, it was respectable, as all honest labor is, but our hero felt that by this time he was suited to something better. The more Rufus balanced these considerations in his mind, the more perplexed he became. Meanwhile, he was walking down Broadway on the way to his office. Just as he was crossing Canal Street, someone tapped him on the shoulder. Turning round, he recognized a young man whom he remembered as a clerk in a stationery store in Nassau Street. His name was George Black. Rough and ready, he exclaimed in surprise. Is this you? Why are you not selling papers? You got up late this morning, didn't you? I've given up selling papers, said Rufus. How long since? Only a few days. What are you up to now? I'm in an office in Wall Street. What sort of an office? A banker's. Mr. Turner's. Yes, I know the firm. What do you get? Eight dollars a week. That's pretty good. Better than selling papers. 
Yes, I like it better, though I don't make any more money than I did before, but it seems more like business. Well, you found a place, and I've lost one. How is that? My employer failed, and the business has gone up, said Black. I suppose you're looking for a new place? Yes, but it wouldn't if I only had a little capital. What would you do then? I was walking up 6th Avenue yesterday when I saw a neat little periodical and fancy goods store for sale on account of the owner's illness. It's a very good location, and being small does not require much capital to carry it on. The rent is cheap, only $20 a month. By adding a few articles, I can make $1,000 a year out of it. Why don't you take it? Because I haven't got but $100 in the world, and I expect that this will be gone before I get a new place. What does the owner want for his stock? He says it will cost him $700, but he's sick and wants to dispose of it as soon as possible. He'll sell out for $500 cash. Are you sure the stock is worth that much? asked Rufus. Yes, I'm sure it is worth more. I've been in business, and I can judge. Why don't you borrow the money? It's easy enough to say that, but where shall I find anybody to lend it? You might take a partner with money. So I might, if I could find one. Look here, Mr. Black, said Rufus in a businesslike tone. What offer will you make to anyone who will furnish you the money to buy out this shop? Do you know of anyone who has got the money? asked the young man. Perhaps I do, and perhaps I don't. But maybe I might find somebody. I'll tell you what I'll do. If anyone will set me up there, I will give him a third of the profits after paying expenses. And do you think you can make a thousand dollars a year? Yes, I feel sure of it. That's a good offer, said Rufus meditatively. I'm willing to make it. At that rate, I shall make $14 a week, and I have never been paid but 12 for clerking it. Besides, I should be my own master. You might not make so much. If I make less, I can live on less. There's a small room in the back where I can put in a bed, and that will save me room rent. My meals I can buy at the restaurants. I don't believe it'll cost me over $350 to live. So that you could save up money. Yes, I should be sure to. After a while, I could buy out the whole business. Rufus was silent for a moment. He had $500. Why should he not set up George Black in business on the terms proposed? Then, instead of getting a paltry $30 interest for his money, he would get two or $300, and this would abundantly make up what he needed to live in good style at Mrs. Clayton's and afford Rose and himself occasional recreation. Of course, a good deal depended on the honesty of George Black, but of this young man, Rufus had a very good opinion, having known him for two or three years. Besides, as partner, he would be entitled to inquire into the state of business at any time, and if anything was wrong, he could take care that it was righted. What are you thinking about, inquired the young man, observing his silence. How would you like me for a partner, said Rufus, looking up suddenly. I'd just as lief have you as anybody, if you had the money, said George Black. I have got the money, said our hero. You don't mean to say you've got five hundred dollars, asked Black in surprise. Yes, I do. How did you get it? You didn't make it selling papers in the street. You may bet on that. No, I found part of it and the rest I had given me. Tell me about it. Rufus did so. Where is the money? I keep it in a savings bank. I'll tell you what, Rufus, said George. If you'll buy out the shop for me and come in as my partner, I'll do what I said, and that'll be a good deal better than a savings bank can do for you. That's true. But there'll be more risk. 
I don't think there will. I shall manage the business economically. And you can come in any time and see how it's going on. But I never thought you had so much money. If you had, maybe you would have thought more of me, said Rufus. Maybe I should. Money makes the mayor go in this world. But when will you let me know about it? I've only got two days to decide in. I should like to see the shop myself, said Rufus, with commendable prudence. Of course. That is what I'd like to have you do. When will you come round with me and see it? I can't come now, said our hero, for it would make me late to the office. Is it open in the evening? Yes. Then I'll tell you what. I'll meet you there this evening at eight o'clock. Just give me the number, and I'll be sure to be there. All right. Have you got a pencil? Yes. And here's one of our cards. You can put it down here. The address was put down, and the two parted. George Black went round to the shop at once to say that he would probably be able to make an arrangement. In the evening, at the appointed hour, the two met at the periodical store. Rufus was favorably impressed on first entering. The room was small, but it was very neat. It had a good window opening to the street, and it appeared well filled with stock. A hasty survey satisfied our hero that the stock was really worth more than the amount asked for it. The proprietor seemed a sickly-looking man, and the plea of ill health, judging from his appearance, might readily be credited. This is the capitalist I spoke of this morning, said George Black, introducing Rufus. He seems young, said the proprietor, a little surprised. I am not very aged yet, said Rufus, smiling. The main thing is that he's got the money, said Black. He's in business in Wall Street and is looking for an investment of his spare funds. Rufus was rather pleased with this way of stating his position. He saw that it heightened his importance considerably in the mind of the owner of the shop. He'll do well to invest here, said the latter. It's a good stand. I wouldn't sell out if my health wouldn't let me hold on. Confinement doesn't suit me. The doctor says I shan't live a year if I stay here, and life is better than money. That's so. How long has the shop been established? asked Rufus. Five years. It ought to be pretty well known. Yes. It's got a good run of custom. If the right man takes a hold of it, he'll make money. He can't help it. What do you think of it, Rufus? asked George Black, turning to our hero. Isn't it as I represented? Yes, said Rufus. I should think a good business might be done here. If I get a hold of it, a good business shall be done here, said Black emphatically. But it all depends on you. Say the word and we'll close the bargain now. All right, said Rufus promptly. I'll say the word. We'll take the shop. End of chapter 7. Recording by Valentina Vicelli.